hello hello and welcome to or welcome back to the vibe hive happy black history month february is such an amazing month to me i love black history month and i just love black history and black people in general love a black woman from infinite to infinite <laughs> anyways welcome to today's episode today's episode we're going to be a little bit more political and we're going to be talking about the black history of voting. A lot of the time when we talk about black history month, especially in school or wherever you get your black history month information from, we are not really told about voting. We're kind of like voting is kind of grazed over in black history in America. And I want to talk about it today. I want to talk about the history of voting, how we were taught about voting, the importance of voting. And I also kind of want to touch on if we're going backwards in America. Because I think that I think that's something that we need to talk about. But that's today's episode. If you're interested in that, make sure you stay tuned in because this is going to be a very interesting episode, to say the least. If you all haven't already, it'll be greatly appreciated if you checked out some of my other Black history-centered episodes. I have an episode about mental health in the Black community, and I also have another episode about the lack of resources in the Black community. So if you haven't listened to those, definitely listen to those, especially this month. Support a Black creator, get some Black history, expand your Black mind. If you're not Black, just expand your mind. <laughs> but it'll be greatly appreciated if you go check those out as well. As always, it will also be greatly appreciated if you rated the podcast on Apple and or Spotify. It helps a lot. It helps me know what you all like, what you all don't like, and it just helps me understand my audience a lot more. It takes like three seconds to do it. So if you could just take three seconds out of your day, it'll be greatly appreciated. But with all that being said, I want to get right into today's episode, the Black History of Voting. So right off the bat, I think it's important that we talk about how we're taught black history in America, not just voting, but just black history in general. The main problem, I think, is that one, we're only taught black history during Black History Month. And I know that's kind of contradictory of me to be like, oh, we're only taught during Black History Month. And here I am making a Black History Month episode. However, (laughs) however, I feel like in school, And just in the media in general, we're only focused on Black history during Black History Month. And I just want to reiterate the idea that Black history is not just one month. Black history is constant. Just look all around us. Black history is always happening and it's always being made. So I feel like only talking about it during Black History Month is already a no-no. But then another thing that I want to talk about is that in school, we're always taught Black history in this sequential order, in this structural order, when I feel like by now we all know that that is not the case. Most of the time, we're taught that the Civil Rights Act happened, and we're taught that Rosa Parks didn't stand up, and because she didn't stand up, the bus boycott happened, and then when the bus boycott happened, Martin Luther King was doing speeches and marching and doing protests and this, this, and this, and then after that, Martin Luther King did the I Had a Dream speech, and then all of a sudden, we got the Civil Rights Act passed. Then a little bit after that, a year after that, we got the Voting Rights Act passed, and now we can all vote. Woohoo! Yay! Happy, peace, amazing Black history progression. We all know that that is not the case at all. And this is such a dangerous way of teaching history because America has this obsession with trying to peacefulize. That's not a word, but we're going to, it's my word. America has this way of peacefulizing black history and peacefulizing the civil rights just movement and just civil rights in general. And the schools continue to push this agenda. And I feel like 
at least one teacher can go off track and teach what really happened. And a lot of people have this argument that, oh, well, it's a sensitive subject matter to teach young kids. But this is a sensitive subject matter that young kids need to be taught, especially in predominantly black schools. For example, I remember when we were getting taught about Columbus. This is kind of off topic, but it, it still ties into what I'm talking about here. I remember when we were getting taught about Columbus and we did this whole thing for Columbus Day and we made like paper boats and stuff and we made like Native American like crafts and stuff like that and we were taught that Columbus was this huge hero who discovered America and, and he revolutionized everything. And it, and it took me until eighth grade to finally put the pieces together and realize that this is not what actually happened. And, and me realizing that was not because a teacher told me that that's not what actually happened. Not because a teacher told me that Columbus had a mass genocide and spread disease everywhere and, and killed and R-worded people. Like, come on, bro. But I say all that to say that in a way, we have to teach ourselves black history because it's a quote unquote sensitive subject matter that should not be taught in schools and this agenda of oh let's just say that black history is Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and after that everything was cool come on that's very dangerous but I feel as though as we progress as a society and as we keep on moving towards greatness I hope I feel like more and more of us not just black people more and more people just in general are starting to realize that the one American school system is flawed in trying to teach it this way and two we also realize that we just have to do our own research and we have to look into things ourselves and we have to really dig deep into what we want to know about for example voting I had to really dig deep and really find a whole lot of information that I was never taught in school in order to get this information and the Civil Rights Act. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people had to dig deep and find other information about what actually happened during the Civil Rights Act. For example, after um the abolishment of slavery, we all know that it wasn't just sunshine and rainbows. After that, we had to dig a lot deeper. And then just driving the point home a little bit more, the Columbus thing, <laughs> a lot of us had to dig a lot deeper and finally realize, oh, he's not an amazing person. But I feel like I just wanted to touch on that before I get into voting and how it all happened and everything that kind of happened after the Voting Rights Act got passed. So let's get into voting history and kind of what happened after the Voting Rights Act was passed in 1965. I'm mainly going to be focusing on a lot of things that happened after the fact but before I get into what happened after the fact I feel like it's important for me to talk about what just happened a little bit before the Voting Rights Act was passed in 1965. So a lot of the information that I got from this and for this episode I got from the book White Rage by Carol Anderson. Amazing author, amazing book. If you want to know anything about what has happened in black history definitely go check that book out she talks about voting rights education rights um what happened after the abolishment of slavery how america treated barack obama when he got elected she talks about a lot and she gives you a lot of information on that so just just a good book recommendation so Going like 10 years back, during the 1950s, all the way up until the 1960s, I'm pretty sure that we're all aware that there was vicious racism and vicious segregation 
everywhere in America, not just the South, the North as well. We had Jim Crow. We had segregation. We had lynchings. We had kill. We had all of that. I don't feel like I have to get into that that much, but that does serve as kind of the what word am I looking for? What word am I looking for? That serves as kind of like the stepping stone to why all of this happened after we got our quote unquote rights. So the Civil Rights Act was passed in 1964, and then the year following that, the Voting Rights Act was passed in 1965, and this was seen as a huge threat. The government tried to do everything in their power to keep us down and to make sure that we did not have access to these rights. Now, the presidents at the time that really did like put this into effect and put into effect that we weren't able to like access these rights were Richard Nixon, Lyndon B. Johnson, and Ronald Reagan. Not in no order. This isn't in an order or anything, but just these three presidents within that time period of a few years really did everything they could to make sure black people never advanced. Every president did, but <laughs> these are the most like prominent ones. So Nixon and Reagan, they both kind of perpetuated that this was a liberal and communist agenda for black people to gain these civil rights and to gain these voting rights act. And Reagan also said that he believed that almost every legislative roadblock to equality had been removed. So him already perpetuating this idea that every roadblock that black people has had has been removed is already dangerous because one it makes white people everywhere think well at the time it made white people everywhere think like oh well black people are just protesting burning things down and messing things up for no reason they all have their rights they have everything they need what's going on here these are thugs these are criminals we all know that agenda but having presidents step up and actually say these things and actually publish these things in interviews and books and writings and articles just drove the point home even more. So a lot of the things that stood in the way of black people being able to vote, I'm pretty sure that we all heard of these things called literacy tests. If we didn't get taught anything about voting in black history, we got taught that it was literacy tests. And most of the time we're taught that literacy tests was when a black person would come into like the voting booth or the voting office and they would have to take a test to see if they were literate enough or if they were smart enough to pass these tests and we all know that these tests were put into place because black people during the time they didn't get a good education they didn't get past like almost an eighth grade if an eighth grade education at that especially in the south and it was set up extremely hard to make sure that we never got the right to vote we all know that However, people don't talk about what happened if a black person was to pass that test. And that's what we call handwritten ballots. So handwritten ballots were put in place to make sure that even those who were smart enough to pass this literacy test, they could pass the test all they want to, but they had to actually handwrite who they wanted to be president or senator or not senator. I don't know if this is right, <laughs> whatever. They had to actually write down who they wanted to be president, governor, chairman, alderman, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter who they were voting for. They had to handwrite this. And also coupled with the fact that a lot of black people, especially in the South, did not get that education. They did not know how to physically write. They couldn't even hold a pencil. So that so it was just like, oh, OK, yeah, you passed the test, but you can't even write. 
okay the test was just like probably circling things or filling in the blanks like filling in little boxes or whatever but to actually write down who they wanted and why they wanted them yeah just just a sigh another thing that stood in the way that we weren't really taught about was poll taxes now i'm not really sure if we still have poll taxes to this day considering i have never voted for anything (laughs) before in government but somebody correct me if i'm wrong somebody tell me if i'm wrong or not but they also had these things called poll taxes specifically just for black people and since they couldn't specify that these poll taxes were quote-unquote only for black people when they set up voting booths and voting like centers and stuff like that in predominantly black areas which they didn't even do a lot of to begin with but if they put a voting place near a black area and when I say near I'm not talking about like just five minutes away I'm talking about almost like 50 miles away almost 100 miles away from these predominantly black areas they would set up this thing called a poll tax and the poll tax is when you just have to pay a lot more to vote essentially and as we all know now that is illegal I think but we can connect the dots here black people during the time did not have a lot of money jobs were unfair and they were treated unfairly they weren't paid enough and a lot of black people were unemployed and out of a job to begin with so having a poll tax on just going to vote we all know that's not we all know that's not going to work out fairly and then the last thing that stood in the way of black people being able to vote that I could find like I was just saying voting booths were placed far 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 away from black counties they were placed so far like I said almost 100 miles almost 150 miles away from predominantly black counties and when they were placed in these counties that were somewhat close to these predominantly black areas they were placed in sundown towns if you don't know what a sundown town is just to simplify it when the sun goes down black people get murdered that's what a sundown town is so let's just put into the perspective we're talking 1950s to like the 1970s most black people do not have automobiles and if they do have automobiles they are not they're not going fast they're not hellcats (laughs) they're not going fast and then at that if they didn't have these cars most of the time they would have to walk so imagine traveling from your home almost a hundred miles away either on foot or either in a slow car or either taking a train or something like that going to this area waiting in probably a super long in in the colored line waiting in the colored section you're not able to just go to these voting booths or these voting places and immediately vote because we have this oh white people have to go first black people have to stay here black people have to stay there you're waiting in these lines you're waiting super duper long so you end up waiting hours on end to get into this place and then once you finally get up there you're treated with racism and people yelling and screaming and protest outside and you may get hit you may even get killed for trying to go and vote here and then once you finally step foot in front of this ballot you have to one take a literacy test and if you already took the literacy test you have to hand write the ballot which you probably can't do at the time and then on top of that you probably have to pay a poll tax which you probably don't even have the money for so now you got somebody in your ear talking about how you can't do this how you can't do that you got to pay for this etc etc and then nine times out of ten you didn't even vote so then you have to turn around and go all the way back home i'm getting to the point you have to turn around and go all the way back home from 100 miles away that's gonna take a long time 
out of a sundown town and by this time it's probably already night and by this time you have to worry about getting lynched do you see the problem here so this is how they systematically and strategically set up black people not being able to vote even after we got the voting rights act passed so with all these things being put into place that made it just extremely hard for black people to vote in general of course there are statistics and things that proves that these things actually stood in the way of this stuff because of course the government does not care if a million black people say that it's hard to vote they're not gonna care they don't care if a white person or somebody else says hey um we have some this is probably not even how they talk during this time but if we have a white person who were who was an ally to a black person they're probably like um you know we have these statistics that really show that um black people are not voting black people are not able to vote even though we have the voting right i okay even though we have the voting rights act passed these people are not voting so we have these statistics that proves that all of the things that stood in the way of black people voting really did stand in the way of black people voting for example these statistics that i found from this book and just from what i could find on the internet they're from 1966 to 1970 so less than one percent of the entire town of Selma was registered to vote. Less than 1% of black people in the whole town of Selma was not registered to vote. Only 6.7% of the entire black population of Mississippi were registered to vote. And this is the most shocking one that I've seen. It was only 0.8% of black people in South Carolina registered to vote. 0.8%. So with the stats that I could find on Selma, Mississippi, and South Carolina, I couldn't really find a lot of other stats about black voter registration during the time because that information is very hard to find. I just spent like almost an hour on my phone trying to find more stats, but there's a reason why these were only stats that I could find. However, from the other stats that I did find in 1966, 44% of the entire population in the South were Black people. So if I just take the percentages that I have of Selma, Mississippi, and South Carolina, when I add that up, that's roughly almost 8%. Kind of, sort of. I'm not a math person, bro. But that's roughly 8%. So out of the 44% of Black people in the South, only 8% of them were able to vote. And that's not even, and these are just based off of statistics that I found somewhere on Google. So if I found the true, true statistics of black people in the South and black people's per state and black voting, well, black people who are registered to vote per state, I'm pretty sure that the population would be bigger and the percentage of those who are registered to vote would be much, 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 much lower than 8%. Along with the low percentage of black people registered to vote in these southern states, there are also a lot of states during the 1960s and early 1970s that encouraged violence against black voters and black activists. Remember when I was talking about how black people who went out to vote had to be faced with violence at the actual voting like booths and polls and places and stuff like that? There were some states that actually encouraged as much more, those states being Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, Virginia, and 39 counties in North Carolina. 
these states don't really shock me because as we know the south was much more harsh and vicious with their racial tendencies and their racial practices than the north that's not to say that the north did not have any part in racism because they definitely did and that's another thing that we don't get taught in schools we always get taught that the south was bad and the north was good when in reality both of them were just were were terrible were very terrible it was just the north's version of racism was covered up a lot and was kind of I was gonna say lollipopped, which it really was though. I'm just making a lot of words up in this episode. But the North's version of racism was definitely lollipopped and we were told that the North was just this amazing place and that no type of violence or racism happened when in reality it definitely was. There were still killings, there were still lynchings, there were still mobs in the North. But of course, America has this obsession with trying to do the good and evil trope with black history. Now, with these acts of violence that the states did encourage, from what I researched and from white rage and from just like stuff on the internet that I've seen, there were two counts of violence that stuck out to me the most. And these two counts of violence, I feel like needs to be talked about a lot more because I had zero clue about this. And these are, the first one is pretty like weird and gruesome. So like I said, if you don't like hearing about this, this is definitely the time to either skip to the next segment or either just turn off the episode but with that being said let's get into it so the first act of violence was against these three men named james cheney andrew goodman and michael schwerners so these three people were voting rights activists and they were black people who went to vote i can't it wasn't stated what state this was in so i'm not sure about that but these were three men who were voting rights activists and they were killed at voting boots and stuff like that so they were killed they were buried etc etc this is where it turns weird though so their bodies were dug up by the state that they were in which i'm so mad that i can't find it but their bodies were dug up by people in the state and they were put on display and white women said that anyone that who anyone who tried to vote or anyone who wants to get registered to vote was quote-unquote just looking for trouble now how what like how far do you have to go do you understand how powerful that racism is how far do you have to go to dig up someone's body take i don't know if they're i don't know if they were skeletons i don't know if they were in the process bro i don't know all of that but the fact that you went and dug up three black people's bodies put them on display and then proceeded to say you're looking for trouble if you want to vote let's just sit with that for a little minute so the second act of violence that happened was this unleashed fury that happened in selma and it was a person by the name of jimmy lee jackson who had got killed by law enforcement for trying to you know basically um protest against us not being able to vote etc etc and he ended up getting killed well a little bit after that the voting rights act did pass and those people for his funeral who tried to carry the casket they wanted to carry the casket all the way to montgomery to the state's building to like show that this is messed up and while that happened police police military and just other random white people which oh my god that makes me so mad like we already have the police and the military against us. Who are you, Mr. Timmy? Who are you to chat? Like, come on. Anyway, but there was a huge, 
just violent mob of people who also killed the people who were carrying the casket and all of the other supporters everywhere else and during this mob and during this riot they wanted the the, um, rioters and the mobsters and the people like that and the police and military they wanted to make sure that they also killed white people and this was something that really took me by a shock because yes they were focused on beating and killing the black people that were there in that moment but they also like I said were focused on killing white people and this is because even though white people during the time the racist white people during the time hated us and hated black people simply for just existing they it seemed like they hated white people who supported us even more so they made it their mission to make sure they killed a lot of white people and they definitely killed more white people than they did black people in this situation the situation in a, as a whole is messed up but i think that that them trying to purposely kill more white people just to prove a point is the craziest thing ever so i talked about the voting rights act i talked about the civil rights act and i talked about the violence and the statistics and everything that came along once the voting rights act was passed but now i want to talk about the current state of the united states and i want to just jump from 1965 to 2020 our last presidential election so these statistics that i got from the last presidential election is going to be very important and it's going to be kind of the theme of this segment that i want to talk about so according to census.gov in 2020 69% of black people in the united states were registered to vote and 62.6% of those people actually voted in the 2020 election now if we want to just go back a little bit i know we just said that we're fast forwarding here but let's just rewind a little bit in 1966 it was roughly about 50 percent of black people in the entire country that was registered to vote and what i think is interesting is that from 1965 to 2020 i would expect the percentage to go up at least more than 19 percent and i feel like the reason why this percentage has not gone up a lot or the reason why it's only gone up 19 percent is because there's this common theme in the black community of oh well I don't like either of them, so I'm just not going to vote. And trust me, that I understand that. For example, why I brought up the 2020 statistics, you had Trump and Biden, two candidates that are terrible. <laughs> two candidates that are very terrible and two candidates that very much polarized the United States and polarized a lot of people within their families, friendships, work-related relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But even with Trump and Biden, the presidents before and the presidential elections beforehand were similar like that. Besides Obama, everybody, I think every black person voted for Obama. Let's be very serious. But even the presidential elections before that, I feel like black people are constantly in this cycle of trying to pick the lesser of the two evils, which is a terrible situation to be put in. And I understand why people don't vote. However, I feel like at least not being registered to vote is very dangerous and is somewhat disrespectful because of everything that I was just talking about. And because of this, we have this controversy that surrounds voting in a way, because like I said, you have the I'm not going to pick between the two. And then you also have the, well, I don't understand the meaning and I don't understand the point if I'm going to vote for a government and I'm going to vote towards a society or I'm going to vote towards a position that isn't going to do anything for me and hasn't done anything for me for years and almost centuries now and that is very understandable and this is where I'm conflicted 
with my opinions about this, but I do have a strong opinion about voting. However, I do understand both sides, considering that if we just look at history, right, we see that America does not favor black people, like I said, with the numerous counts of violence against voting rights activists, from lynchings to murderings to killings to systemic racism. We all know as black people and just as minorities in general, America is never out to benefit us. Let me correct that. The government was never out to benefit us. Because of what we've seen in the past and what we're going through now, it perpetuates this idea that the it perpetuates us not being able to trust the government. And we have this skepticism and we have this worrisome mentality about the government that in which we live in, which is sick and can be a whole other episode. We should not be afraid of our own government. But it's it's really understandable why black people and why this percentage of people why only 19 more percent than in 1964 in 1965 why it was only 19 percent of people who decided okay let me register to vote and let me actually vote so here's my opinions on voting and here are my takes that I think would be important just at least to consider if you're one of those people who either didn't vote in the 2020 election or you don't believe in voting or you feel like there is no point in voting because, you know, why vote for a system that's just going to oppress us even more? Just at least listen to what I'm saying. And I'm not diminishing those feelings at all. Like I was just explaining, I 100% understand why you feel that way. But just listen to, just kind of listen to what I have to say here and why I think voting is important no matter what the circumstance is i have like three reasons that i want to talk about the first reason which i think is the most obvious people died for you to vote and when i say people i'm not saying it in the military sense of well people are going overseas and fighting for your country and fighting for your safety i'm not talking about that i'm talking about people from your direct lineage people from your ancestry your great 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 cousins or your great 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 uncles or not even great 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 not even great 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 you can probably just go back one or two generations of your family people died for you to be able to go into the voting booth if you to be able to go to these voter registration places without worrying about getting killed without worrying about if you're going to be able to get home safely without worrying about if you're smart enough for a literacy test, without you worrying that you don't have enough money to pay a poll tax, people fought and died, died. Do I have to emphasize that anymore? People fought and died for you to have this opportunity for you to take this chance, for you to um voice your opinion and just be acknowledged as a citizen. People died for this. And I feel like that's the most important point that I'm going to make in this entire thing. And to some people, that might not be enough. To some people, they may look at it as, okay, I understand that they died. I understand that this and that happened. But because of the way we're, but because of how the world is set up now, because of how America is set up now, me voting is not going to change anything. And that kind of leads into my second point that I kind of want to make is that Black people not even just black people but people in general when they hear the word voting they immediately think of the presidential elections voting is not just presidential voting is not just oh who's going to lead the country voting is not just every four years in some instances voting can be voting for your councilman your treasurer 
your secretary, of your state, of your city. It can be voting for your mayor. It can be voting for your governor. It can be voting for anything. And it's like I said, it's not just presidential. And I feel like that's why I really think that voting is important. The third reason of why I feel like voting is important and why I feel like Black people especially should take voting serious is that we are already at a disadvantage in this country. We are already the minority. We already have to face oppression, systemic oppression at that. We have to face generational disadvantages, et cetera, et cetera. So why would we not at least try to take advantage of the one thing that could potentially change something? And I know that sounds hypocritical because I just said that this country has a way of not changing anything. And people also have that idea that nothing is going to change. However, why would you want to put yourself at an even more disadvantage? You know, it's kind of like, it's like, take take this for instance, right? Let's say you have a child who does not know how to tie their shoe. I'm the queen of analogies, if y'all didn't know. <laughs> I'm the queen of analogies. But let's just say you have a child who can't tie their shoes, right? They need to tie their shoes because it's important. They need to know how to tie them because, the one, the shoestrings will get dirty. Two, they might trip over their own shoelaces and fall. And three, that's just a common skill you need in life as you grow up. But let's say this child just never even attempts to tie their shoe, ever. Sure, it may not seem like it's anything big, or it may not seem like it's anything big at the moment, but eventually, as time goes on, they're going to realize that, dang, I should have learned how to tie my shoes. And now I'm 16, 17. I don't know how to tie my shoes. Now I'm behind everybody else. Why did I bring up kids tying shoes? I brought this up because this can be related to black people and why over time black people not voting and black people not at least getting registered to vote can put us at a bigger disadvantage than where we're already at in today's society. I think when we look back at America and when we look at our progression as black people since when we got to America until now we can all say that we have made a lot of changes we've made huge changes in the last hundred years for black people and I feel as though us having somewhat of a voice especially since the black vote is so influential you see politicians seething at the mouth for the black vote if our community has so much power And if we can generate that much change, we've seen the change that we can generate through the years. We've seen the change that we generated just in 2020 with the BLM movement. We've seen the change. So why would we put, like I said, why would we put ourselves at a more disadvantage by not voting and by not at least getting registered to vote? It doesn't make any sense. If we're already disadvantaged, why put ourselves down even more? Why not take advantage of our of our ancestors' wildest dreams? Why not take advantage of what our ancestors fought and died for? Why not take advantage of the fact that in this racist, systemically racist country that we live in, the one thing that we can all have, that we can all agree on being voting, why not take advantage of that? And it still ties into the fact that voting is not just presidential. It ties back into the fact that voting is not just every four years ties into the fact that even if you don't believe in big government 
the small government that's in your city or in your county or in your state that directly affects you if you feel like okay the presidency is not going to change anything in my life they're not going to change anything in black people's lives etc 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 it's not going to change anything this predominantly white country that we live in okay cool we are all entitled to feel that way because i feel that way but why not (laughs) i'm sorry i just thought of that tiktok oh my god i was just going so well i thought of that tiktok of why not put this energy into a job or something but (laughs) that's kind of the same idea why not put this energy into your own community into your own city why not put this why not put this want for change and why not put this optimistic and why not put this optimistic ideal of voting into your own community where you can actually physically see the changes because even though I'm only 18 and even though I have never voted for a presidency or voted for anything of that matter, I really just got registered to vote like a few months ago. I can see, and from what I've seen, every presidency, it just seems like things don't change. However, I've seen change happen in my own community by voting. I've seen change happen in my own state by voting. So if I can't see the big idea and if I can't see the overall change in the entire country because I don't have lenses and eyes in every single state at least I can see what's going on in my own in my own county in my own town in my own city in my own state (laughs) and I keep on repeating that I keep on emphasizing that because a lot of people forget that like I said voting is not just presidential but I already said that already But especially in predominantly black communities where we can get more funding, we can get more help. And with our lack of resources that we have in the community, if we all simply not simply because it's not that simple, but if we all just have the collective ideal or we have just have or we all just have the collective thought of, OK, let's just all vote towards something. A gov- any form of government, big or small, they can't deny us. They cannot deny the majority vote of anything so for example let's just say something in your community is going down and you don't like it underneath of whoever your mayor is if you don't like it and if you don't like what the mayor has done once mayoral elections start coming up you can vote that mayor out and then you could potentially vote in the mayor that you feel as though is best fit for your city and now you can start seeing changes in your own city in the own place that you live you can actually start reaping the benefits of you voting you feel me I just think that any chance that black people gets, we should not take it for granted and we should not put ourselves at a bigger disadvantage than what we already are in this country to begin with. So segueing a little bit into my next topic here from seeing, you know, community change, blah, 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 and even just on a national level of change, I want to bring up the question are we moving backwards in the country now the reason why i ask this question the reason why i want to talk about this is because over the years i've seen a lot of laws get changed such as one abortion laws i know you've seen that like in southern i think in texas now it's like almost illegal to get an abortion anywhere and then we also see a law that was passed in florida i believe that banned talking about like gay civil rights and ban just talking about gay issues in general in the classroom this is when i say we're moving backwards this is what i'm talking about we as a country has made 
we've made a lot of change. We've made a lot of progress from voting rights to civil rights to abortion rights to LGBTQ rights to just rights in general. We've made so much change. We've made so much progress. So to see that we're kind of going backwards a little bit is really scary. And I don't like it at all. Also, on top of us going backwards, a few other stats that I've seen, I don't have them on hand right now, but from the statistics that I've seen, y'all just gonna have to trust me on this, <laughs> from the statistics that I have seen, the percentage of voting, the percentage of black voters in 2020 was 69%, and then of those who actually voted was 62%. Those rates are kind of similar to the rates that was in the 1970s, averaging around... 60% of all black people registered to vote, like 55 actually voting. And I said this in the um previous segments and previous parts of the episode that it's crazy to me that the numbers are still so close and it's been so long. So it's kind of scary and it kind of raises the question of, wow, if enough of us are not registered to vote and if enough of us don't vote and there are laws getting put into place and there are bills and stuff getting put into place that is making the country go backwards what's going on here especially laws that can directly impact the black community such as abortion laws lgbtq laws etc cetera, etc cetera. of course these laws can impact any community but it's black history month we're talking about black people here of course, these laws can affect black people. And of course, these laws were not just passed with no type of legislation and no type of voting and no type of say-so with the community. People voted on this. Somebody voted on it and a majority of people voted on it. And with that majority, they ran with it. They don't just make laws out of nowhere. They don't just bring things out of nowhere without considering the democracy. Because if they do, that's literally against everything America has stood for. And America is not that stupid. America is pretty stupid, but it's not that stupid to the point where they're not taking any type of vote into consideration here. But this is why voting is so important because I don't want the country to move backwards. No one wants the country to move backwards. I can probably speak on everybody that no one wants America to be great again. All right. Cause it was never great to begin with, but us going backwards would just diminish all of the progress and all of the growth that we have worked so hard towards and that people have died and fought so hard for. And to just drive the point home, this is why voting is important, especially with minorities. We are the voice. We have a voice and we have a choice that we didn't have just almost 50, 60, 70 years ago. We did not have these choices. We did not have these opportunities to try to change the nation and the world that we live in. So why not take advantage of it? Why continue to move backwards if we have the opportunity to make real change? As polarizing the topic, as polarizing as the topic, of, okay, as polarizing as the topic of voting can be, I understand that we may always be conflicted on this idea. We may have one group that's like me who thinks that importing is. As the discussion is. Oh my God. The decision about voting and if voting is important and if we're moving backwards in the United States, those questions are always polarizing. You will always have one side that says one thing and one side that says another thing. You'll have the side of me who thinks voting is important and that there are multiple reasons why voting is important. And 
if we're moving backwards in the United States and if that's important or not. And then you have the other side that's like, voting is not important, we don't care, blah, blah, blah. And that's not a bad thing in any means, but everyone has their own opinions and everyone has their own personal beliefs and their own personal attachments to certain polarizing ideas. But one thing I think that we can all agree on as a black collective is that when we work together and when we think together and when we actually move as one community in one dynamic, things get done. That's not anything that we can debate. That's not anything that's that's able to be talked about forever and ever. It's been shown in history and it's been shown not even in the far history, just like two years ago during 2020, when we move as a group, we make huge change. And I think that's the main point that I want to leave you all with for today's episode. When we work together, we always make change. And whether you believe that voting is important or not, I think that having that sense of community and having the respect for one another's opinions and ways of life can really take us far. And as Black people, I think that we can all agree that America has so many ways of pushing us down and keeping us down systemically, economically, et cetera, et cetera. We can all agree on that. And we all know that that is a huge problem. And I think that as time goes on, as America continues, Black people will be able to understand that instead of polarizing each other and instead of trying to see both sides and trying to like separate even more we just need to come together because when we're separated it does not work within our own community i just want to say thank you all so much for tuning in today's episode it really means a lot i worked really hard on this and i had to do a lot of research and a lot of thinking and a lot of self-reflection with this episode i was not (laughs) i was not expecting all of that but This episode definitely was a journey, and this podcast is a journey in and of itself. And like I said in the intro, I just want to thank you all so much for giving me a platform to talk about this stuff. And I hope that this platform and I hope that this podcast can be something that everyone can be a part of. I want everyone to feel welcomed all the time. I want everyone to feel like they have a voice, not just me. Just because I'm the one talking and you're listening doesn't mean that you don't have a voice either and if you want to give your opinions and your voice on whatever I talk about not just this episode you can make sure to follow me on all of my socials the podcast instagram is at the vibe hive t-h-e-e-v-i-b-e-h-i-v-e and my main instagram is at vibe shy two s's two y's with a period in the middle my twitter is the exact same thing vibe shy just without a period in the middle and if you want to check out my facebook you definitely can it's at shy the vibe capital c-h-e-y and then space capital t-h-e-v-i-b-e if you want to go ahead and check that out you definitely can i would love to hear your opinions on this episode so if you were to go over to the podcast instagram at the vibe hive you'll see the most recent post depending on when you listen to this, you'll see the Black History Month post. You'll see the post about this episode. And if you want to share your opinions, if you want to have a conversation in the comments, you definitely can. It's greatly appreciated and much encouraged because I like hearing what you all have to say too. With that being said, one more time for the road. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and I'll see you all later at the Vibe Hive.